Welcome to The Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be digging through the four senses of scripture. The literal sense teaches what happened, the allegorical what you should believe, the moral what you should do, and the anagogic where you are going. In this episode, we'll be exploring this little explanation of the four senses of scripture. The four senses of scripture are a concept that we should be thinking about when we read scripture if we want to understand the various levels of interpretation that are present for a biblical text. The church has a rich tradition of interpreting sacred scripture, and so in today's episode, I'd like to break open these four senses at least a little bit and then go through one example of how the senses of scripture can be applied. The two primary sources that I'm using are both linked in this uh, in the show notes for today's episode, and so feel free to check those out because, again, some of the work um, was done beforehand by other people, and I'm using that throughout this episode. So basically, when you read a scriptural text, there are two basic senses to consider. The first one, and the first level of interpretation, we would call the literal level. Essentially, the literal level just refers to the what happened level of the text. And so in a sense, if you can just summarize the literal words of the story, you are thinking about the literal sense. To read this sense accurately, you usually need to take into account historical context, literary genre, and a number of other factors. But basically, you're asking the question, what just happened? And so it's always a good idea after you read a biblical story, before, to try, before you try to do any sort of interpretation or uh, symbolic readings, before you do any of that, just to stop and say, okay, what just happened? What occurred in this story? What should I be noticing? Without that, all of the interpretation, all of the symbolic readings get very difficult to do. So that's the first sense, the literal sense. Now the second sense is called the spiritual sense. And this is where we move from just looking at the what happened level of the text to a deeper level of the text. And so this basically refers to times when the words that we read, the literal words that we read, have some meaning beyond just the actual story that's being told. Here's a quote from one of the sources that that I'm using today. As it developed within Christianity, the spiritual sense pertained to the meaning expressed by the biblical text when read under the influence of the Holy Spirit in the context of the paschal mystery of Christ and of the new life which flows from it. And so essentially, this spiritual sense encourages us to think about some of the meaning that's buried beneath just the, the simple words of the uh, story that you're reading. Now, the spiritual sense can actually be subdivided into three different categories. So these are basically three different types of spiritual senses. So I'll go through each one of them uh, briefly. The first would be called the allegorical sense. This essentially refers to any time that we try to do a symbolic reading of a text. For example, we do this frequently when we look for biblical types throughout a story, and really throughout the Bible. Now, a biblical type is a person, a place, a thing, an event, something, typically from the Old Testament, that foreshadows another person, place, thing, event, etc., that's going to take place in the New Testament. And so, for example, when Isaac is taken up the mountain to be sacrificed, Isaac is supposed to be seen as a biblical type of Christ. David is another great example of a biblical type of Christ. And there there are many of these, not just for Christ, but many Christological biblical types uh, to look for in the Old Testament. 
And so when we do this type of reading, again, we need to start at the literal sense, read the story, what happened, and then frequently there are going to be elements of a story that foreshadow something to come. This would be an example of a biblical type, and this falls right into the allegorical reading. Again, in an allegorical reading, you're looking for any sort of symbolic meaning beneath the literal meaning of the text. So that's the first uh, spiritual sense. The second one, you might call the moral sense. It's also called the tropological sense. And really, both of those refer to the same concept. And again, as a quick reminder from the uh, little summary I gave at the beginning of this episode, the moral sense talks about what you should do. And so in other words, this type of reading of a text encourages a reader to think about what action do I need to take based on what I'm reading here? Are there moral lessons to learn? Is there something that we ought to be doing differently in our lives because of what we learn from this passage? And then the last of the spiritual senses is called the anagogic sense. Now, the anagogic sense essentially refers to considerations of the final things, the end times. And so it encourages us to think about what implications a particular passage has for the end times. Now, we've been kind of dealing in theory land here, so let's look at an actual example of this. And here I'll cite some work done from a different article that, again, I've I've linked to in in the show notes, where the author analyzes the David and Goliath story. Now, if you're not familiar with the David and Goliath story, I would start by reading it first, so you can find it in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But the spark notes of the story essentially are that there is a warrior named Goliath who is essentially unbeatable. He's terrifying all the Israelites. And this young boy named David steps up and is able to kill Goliath in a shocking twist of events. Now, this story is a well-known story from the Old Testament. But what this author does, and again, this article is linked, The author goes through and applies these four senses of scripture, so again, the literal sense and then the three spiritual senses, to the story of David and Goliath. And so he begins by picking through the literal level and talks about the history of the house of Jesse. This is, of course, where David comes from. And this is some of the context that helps to fill out who David is. It's David's faith in God that is able to grant him this victory, but it's really the the family that we need to start to be familiar with. And so again, this author digs through, here's some of the context, and says this, and I'll read a short excerpt. Historically, the story begins during the reign of King Saul, who brought the children of Israel into this particular location to set up for war against the Philistines. The Israelites were on a mountain on one side of the valley, and on the Philistines, excuse me, and the Philistines were on a mountain on the other. As the two camps prepared and waited for battle, every day the giant Goliath would insultingly call out to anyone and Israel's army to meet him in single combat. But fear ensured there were no takers. And so essentially what he's doing here, this author, is summarizing some of the context that can be found in this story. And so that was a rough quote. I made a couple adjustments as I read um, just to, for the sake of clarity in this episode. Now, the author goes on to summarize some of the other details, but essentially that's what the literal sense encourages you to do, is to think through what just happened, what takes place in the story. Now, as the author notes, the literal sense of this story by itself is a fascinating um, story. So, in some senses, this is an awesome read without even digging into the spiritual senses. However, as the author also notes, the spiritual senses take us to a different level of understanding and therefore are worth considering. So, he begins by going to the first spiritual sense, that of allegory. 
And here, he points out that David is a type. Remember, biblical type is a person, event, place, thing, etc. That foreshadows something to come in the New Testament. And so this author makes the argument that David is a biblical type for Christ. And he points out that in this story, we learn that David was a shepherd who was shepherding his flock. And that when anyone was stolen away, David would go after the beast, kill it, and return that sheep to the flock. And of course, there are some pretty clear references to Christ here, who will pursue the one lost sheep. He goes on to point out that Goliath came out in front of the army of the living God for 40 consecutive days before David answered the call. And the author notes that this echoes the 40 years in which the chosen people will wander the desert, and then in terms of Christ, prefigures his 40 days in the wilderness as he prepared for his public ministry. He goes on to point out that, that many looked at David and said he was not, not going to be able to carry out this task. In a similar way, that many people looked at Christ and said, well, this is just Jesus. We know him. He's not anything special. But in all reality, of course, Jesus was more than just a man. And then he concludes by pointing out that David's combat with the giant is an allegory for the spiritual combat to which all souls are called. And so he's mixing in a little bit of typological or biblical type reading along with some allegorical reading. But all of this falls into the first category of thinking about the symbolic meaning behind the text. Then the author goes on to discuss the moral sense of the text and points out, quote, we are instructed on how we ought to comport ourselves in the spiritual combat. We must face our fallen nature, the world, and Satan as David faced the giant. David illustrates we are, that, that we are to confront evil in such a way as to strike it a mortal blow. This is a theme we're going to see throughout the Old Testament. That the Israelites, the people of God, are called to strike their enemies a mortal blow. And at times, this can seem shocking. But when we read this through the moral lens, it starts to make a lot more sense. Because we are called as Christians to fight evil all the way down until there's none left. And while there's evil out there, while there's sin in our own lives, we need to keep fighting it. Don't take a half measure strike the mortal blow. And essentially, that is what the author is commenting on here, that in the moral life, we are called not to just tolerate some level of sin, but to fight sin all the way down. And lastly, in the anagogic sense, the author points out that the story of David and Goliath, and I'm quoting here, illustrates the triumph of good over evil that is embodied and fulfilled by Christ's victory over sin, Satan, and death. And so essentially, this whole story is a reminder of Jesus' eventual victory over Satan that will, of course, take place later in the story of salvation history. And so reminded of the fact that at the end, God wins. No surprises, that's what happens in this story. Now, as you read the Bible, you will find that in some particular passages, reading with all four of these senses of Scripture is very possible and very useful. Sometimes you might find that it's the literal sense and one of the spiritual senses that speaks most to you. But I would encourage you as you read to consider these different senses. How might they inform your reading of scripture and bring you to a new level of understanding of the text as well as a deepening of our own faith? With that, let's conclude and I encourage you to use the four senses of scripture in your own reading and interpretation and reflection on the Bible.